Welcome, welcome, Suns fans, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm your host, John, and I'm joined as per usual by my partner in crime, the master of the microphone, Mr. Matthew Lissy. Matthew, how you doing this evening, my man? Doing great. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. Uh, we were going to do this at the end of game one of the NBA <laughs> yeah. Finals, so it'd be a national, natural transition for listeners to finish watching the NBA Finals and then go ahead and kind of ease right into the Suns Jam Session podcast. We're not doing that. We're doing that at the end of the third quarter because the Lakers are fucking killing the Heat right now. Uh, I don't even know what the score is. 90-something to 60-something. Not a good sign for the Heat. Yeah, it's uh, usually this is how like game ones go, I feel like. you know, It's kind of a blowout. I don't read too much in game one. So whatever happens to this, I saw Bam Adebayo go out. So I don't know if he's hurt or whatever. But besides that, I mean, it's... It's a typical game one, um, so I think we'll see the best out of both teams. I mean, the Miami Heat next game, but uh, did you th- see this happening game one or no? I kind of did as I was watching the beginning of the game. They were showing LeBron James. This is his 50th NBA Finals game, uh, seeing that it's Jimmy Butler's first game in the NBA Finals. Goran Dragic. Dragic. <laughs> Dragic. <Yeah. laughs> I can never say his fucking name right. It was his first game in the NBA Finals, so... <laughs> I figured all the experience that the uh, Miami Heat were going up against was going to probably hit him in that first game where LeBron's coming out, uh, just guns a-blazing and has this team ready to go. And, you know, you're getting that result that we kind of, I kind of expected. And sure enough, it it's happening. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening, dude. And uh, I don't know, a lot of the Suns fans are pretty upset, but I think LeBron's just going to get his title pretty easy. But we'll see, man. I mean, the Heat are one of those teams that you just can't count out. A lot of the teams in the bubble you couldn't count out, so it might go to seven games, even though this game one's a blowout. Yeah, you never know. I mean, and that's it's one of those games where you know you see Bam Adebayo might go out. Well, he might go out just because you know what this game's kind of in the can. Yeah. Uh, let's just save the energy for the next game. So exactly. So we'll see how it goes. Again, you know, this is the Suns Jam Session podcast. We're here to talk about the Suns. Uh, for those of you who are listening to us for the first time, whether it's on podcast or you're following us on the live stream, make sure you subscribe, you know, pound that subscribe button, ring that bell. So you get all those subscriptions whenever they pop up. Every time we go live, you're going to get it on YouTube. If you're listening via the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, please pl- press the subscribe button. Um, make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on both Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida and you can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew Lucy. That's correct. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pop open a beer because that's what I do when I like to talk about the Suns. So I'm having a nice Dos Equis. Uh, oh. oh, yeah. Pop top. Brew house. Mm. Oh, that tastes good. That tastes good. Let's talk Suns, huh, Matthew? Let's do it. So, Matthew, the title of this episode is Suns in the Finals. And I don't want to deke anybody out. I think we're all educated to realize that the Suns aren't (laughs) in the finals. But there's plenty of uh, ties to the NBA Finals when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. You take a look around and you look at some of the players. You know, Derek Jones Jr., Airplane Mo Jones is is making his first finals appearance, as is scoring Goran Dragic. Dragic, Dragic, Dragic. There you just go. Call, just call him D Man. <laughs> just say, hey, what's up, D Man? <laughs> I don't know how, D-Man, for being dude. a Suns fan for over 30 years, I can just never get his name just right. It's like it. halfway through it, I just I lose confidence in myself. <laughs> um, 
And then you have, of course, Markeith Morris as well. So yeah. I thought that one thing that was kind of uh, fun for those of you who are avid readers of the bright side of the sun, um, dot com, that's where we have articles that we write. And one of the questions that was posted this week by Dave King, who's our managing editor, was some uh, thoughts on our connections to the NBA Finals from the Suns. And I would just, you know, we went through. So those yeah. of you who've read it, this isn't anything that's, you know, kind of a surprise uh, what our answers are going to be. But we can give a little bit more in-depth answers. Um, what's your first thought on, uh, you know, what's your take on Goran making an all-star and starting an, in, in the NBA Finals after the trade from the Suns? Well, I kind of forget my answers already that I wrote down for Bright Side of the Sun. But honestly, <laughs> he he's the guy you can always root for, right? I mean, he's always going to be a favorite. He left kind of in a, in a tough way, uh, a way where he you know kind of despised Phoenix in a way. But I feel like us as fans still love Dragic. We're going to root for him on any team he's on, even if maybe he's a Laker. Who knows? But maybe <laughs> maybe not. But honestly, I love it. I love that he's going to be in the finals this year. And he's probably going to get paid some big bucks in the offseason to be a starter next season for a team. So... Dude, I mean, I know you love the guy. He was your favorite out of the three-headed monster point guard program we had here in Phoenix. Even though I chose Eric Bledsoe over Dragic, I regret that a lot. And I'm going to live with that forever for the rest of my life. Yes, you are. But uh, honestly, dude, I, I love seeing Dragic there because he's getting a lot of playing time too, especially over, especially like uh, Dudley. He's not going to be playing a lot. He's probably won't even play at all. But you can watch Dragic like play at least 40 minutes in these games. Yeah, I mean, he's the only one who's actually getting a start of the guys that we mentioned, plus Jared Dudley. I didn't even mention him before. Yeah, you know, seeing uh, Dragic. Dragic. He did it. Dragic? Dragic. Dragic. See, see, I don't know why you just don't help me out there. (laughs) Oh, we'll just edit this out. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, we're live. This ain't happening. Um, But seeing Goran play for the Miami Heat is is bittersweet. Absolutely. I mean, he was a fan favorite here. He's he was kind of that link between Steve Nash Suns and kind of what the next iteration of the Suns was going to be. And unfortunately, Ryan McDonough stacked the deck with the three point guard system, including Eric Bledsoe and Isaiah Thomas. And and didn't handle it well. Shocking, you know, that Ryan McDee didn't handle something well. And it's kind of frustrating in hindsight to go back and and see that he's the one who kind of got away. But in the same token, you have to be happy for him and what he's done rebuilding that Heat program because he essentially was traded to the Heat. And then LeBron left and they were kind of a franchise in turmoil. And he's been a part of their reconstruction. And now you're seeing them kind of march through the NBA bubble to the uh, to the NBA Finals, so he's somebody who I definitely uh, cheer for. I think that you know, if you're a Suns fan, yeah. you're cheering for uh, Goran. I don't know if it's necessarily true with some of the other players that are former Suns out there, uh, but I think there's one thing that we disagree on is you know the fact that he is going to be. Uh, I think he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. I don't see him, you know, making this payday that you keep kind of referencing. I mean, the guy is yeah. how old now? He's he's 34, 34. almost. Yep. Yeah. So I mean. I can see him getting paid. I don't see it being like a massive payday per se. Oh, there's a team out there. There is a team out there that's going to pay Dragic. I know it's going to happen. There's just something to do with these this bubble and these players are just popping out of the bubble. Because honestly, before the bubble, before the Miami run, a lot of teams, a lot of, I mean, a lot of fans really didn't even know Dragic really played for the Miami Heat. Unless you're watching the Heat, like he kind of popped out of nowhere. Just he came back into our lives. 
And I think a lot of teams are going to see that to where he can still run a system. I'm not going to say he's on a championship team next year, but there's going to be a team I feel like that will give him some money to start. And it might just be like maybe he can fight for the role. Maybe he can fight with another point guard that is starting for that team to where he can go into camp and maybe take the battle head on and win that battle and become the point guard. That's what I'm saying. I think he'll get paid. I think he'll get overpaid, obviously, but I can see him being a starter, definitely. So you're saying a team out there that's not a championship contender is probably going to overpay for him, as we see happen to a lot of players who you know yeah. end up on a finals yeah. team. Uh, shout out to uh, Miss Angela two one one in the chat. Dragic, am I saying it right? Dragic, thank you yep. for uh, trying to help me with my enunciation. I, I I can't I can't get it right. Uh, so, uh, what does um, you know, we're, we're seeing what are your thoughts kind of on Jared Dudley being a part of the Lakers and airplane mode Jones again, two more people who have um, yeah. connections to the Phoenix suns. What are your thoughts on them? You know, I, this is Jared Dudley's first NBA finals too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe so. And uh, honestly, like I said earlier, he's not gonna be playing a lot, but he plays a big role on the bench. Um, the thing I was thinking the other night, I was like, so he's a mentor. He's a great guy in the locker room, but you think he's just better on a team that has the experience that has the superstars. He can be a mentor to the younger guys that don't get enough time playing. Like he's not going to develop these players to be any better. I don't feel like maybe he's just someone that can, they can talk to ask for advice, but I don't think he's somebody that like when he was here in Phoenix, the young guys would just, what I've heard would just party with him. Like, I don't know. You don't have to believe this, but it would just go party with him. Just someone to hang out with. Uh, it wasn't really someone that's coachable, someone that would actually, you know, you go to for advice on the court when he was here in Phoenix. But I feel like with the Lakers, he is that guy. And I, I love to see that with him. And I think Air Mo airplane mode Jones, I don't think he's going to get a lot of time to play. I feel like we saw him today. He looked didn't look too great yeah. on the court, but I don't think he's going to be a valuable asset for uh, the Miami Heat in the series, but it's great to see these guys come back. I mean, I feel like every finals from now on, we're going to see some guys from Phoenix and it's fun because it gives you a little bit more of a reason to watch the game. Well, that's because in one of these finals, it's going to be nothing but Phoenix players. It's going to be a bunch of Phoenix Suns out there competing for a championship, hopefully. So we'll see, yeah. uh, you know, we'll I see how so, that yeah. goes. But, you know, seeing <laughs> see, seeing Duds uh, on the sideline, it's unfortunate because that's all he's going to be in his advanced age. You know, unlike Gorin, he doesn't have the basketball skill set left to be an effective player unless it's. He, he, he might get some minutes tonight considering that the Lakers are just blowing him the fuck out. But I think that, you know, having him there again, it's just another one of those good Phoenix guys. I like seeing the mm -hmm. Phoenix guys out there um, who were positive impacts on our teams, make positive impacts on teams moving forward. Uh, it just, again, you know, it's always bittersweet because you're like, you know what? We could have, we could have held on to him. We could have, you know, kept him a part of this culture and part of this winning. But you know what? Everything happens for a reason. The Suns are in a good place, I feel, going into the 2021 season. And, oh, yeah. you know, seeing these guys, it just uh, it, it just it, it makes me smile a little bit. Not all of them, but but most of them. <laughs> three-fourths so, of them. Yeah, three-fourths of them. Yeah. Uh, so another question that we responded to on brightsideofthesun.com was does Tyler Hero have the potential to reach Booker levels in three to four years? I know we've discussed this a little bit on the podcast in the past, but for those of you who are listening for the first time or watching on the live stream for the first time, Matthew, why don't you walk us through kind of your point of view on that? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy I fell in love with. Uh, that's something I said before, but honestly, I think that the system he's playing in now, he's already in the championship. He's playing for a title already. So of course, that's something Booker is not used to. He Booker, I mean, he when he was started playing with the Phoenix Suns, we were nothing. And now we're almost kind of something. So that's a little bit different than what Tyler, Tyler Hero is going through right now. But honestly, 
I think Tyler Hero could still develop his game in the system just because the Heat are full of trust. So if this team stays together and they still have the same guys on the team, I think, honestly, he can still learn the same way Booker did and can develop his game just like Booker did. And I think he has a lot of the same qualities, too, as well. Uh, What is really underrated with Tyler Hero is he's a good playmaker, I feel like. He can get to the spots on the floor he wants to, plays tough, thinks he's the biggest, baddest ass on the floor, which he is at sometimes. Sometimes he is. And, and once again, with Instagram, he's a big booty loving guy. So, I mean, I think him and Booker have a lot in common. And three and four years, he might be, I'm not going to say he's better than Booker because Booker, when I think of it, NBA players, you kind of know who they are in three years. I've always thought that. Booker, I feel like we still don't know. Going into his sixth year, he might be even better than he was last year. So I just don't know Booker's ceiling yet. But once he gets there, then maybe we can feel it out and see where Tyler Hero is and see if he can get there or not. No, I completely agree. I mean, the guy, he can score all day and he has the, you know, if you're talking about Booker levels uh, from a scoring standpoint, Tyler Hero is well on his way. He's somebody who uh, thoroughly wants to emulate Devin Booker. He's a, you know, Kentucky Wildcat. That's his hero. He's somebody who, you know, it's, it's hero's hero. And he's somebody who he wants to emulate offensively. He's taller. He's a better rebounder than he is, but he is also a product of his environment, just as Devin Booker is a product of his environment. You know, Devin Booker was essentially given the keys to the franchise in his second year and said, drive us home, get us to the playoffs, take us to the promised land. Whereas Tyler Hero doesn't have to have to struggle with that. So uh, being a victim of circumstance, if you will, he's going to have an opportunity to reach different types of levels than Devin Booker does. I don't know. Devin Booker's game is probably going to be more complete due to the circumstances he's been in. Whereas Tyler Hero, he's going to continue to kind of be a specialist, be a good rebounder. And he's going to be somebody who I think that the, uh, the Heat are going to enjoy playing for, having played for them for a long time, but he might not have to be reached Devin Booker levels. He might not have to be that alpha dog on that team because of the system, because of the culture that's been in place there. Yeah, no, you're totally right, man. And honestly, it'd be funny too, because I it's really cool to have a player on our team like Devin Booker where someone looks up to him like Tyler Hero does. I just love that. Yes. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this is someone idolized him coming out of Kentucky. So that's the biggest takeaway for me. I like uh, what Raymond Gonzalez said in the YouTube chat. Put Hero next to Booker, backcourt 2021. Let's make that happen. That'd be Amazing. sick. <laughs> but then we get a lot of point book. Do you want that? Do you want point book? Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind. That's something I want to talk Nowadays. about a little bit later, but okay. uh, but I'm but I'm with you there. It's like, I, I don't know if I'd mind it, but I'm not as against it as I used to be. Teaser? I don't know. Yeah. Um, the third topic that we talked about on... Uh, the Suns' connections to the NBA Finals on the bright side of the sun.com was do you still miss that 2021 Miami pick given up in the Mikel Bridges trade? No, I, I actually, I don't. And at the time when it was traded, I'm like, come on, you can't really read too much into the future. And I think it was the point where I was just sick of picks. I'm sick of draft picks. We were getting eight, and this is like the last year I want to have any kind of future picks and future first-round picks. I don't care. I want to start getting free agents in here. I want superstars, all this and that. I mean, I want a lot in life. But anyways, I, I honestly think that there, when the when the pick was traded, there was a big hoorah hoo-ha whatever from like koc from ben bill simmons from the ringer a lot of people were just so up in arms about it and honestly i thought it doesn't really matter because i know there's a lot of the talent that might have been coming out of high school by next year which might still happen i'm not sure how that's going or not but you just can't really read into the future if you can get a better asset of it right now 
which they did. You got Mikael Bridges, and I'm not I'm not missing it. Are you missing it at all? No, and uh, but you do bring up a good point. You know, the one thing that's always mentioned when you talk about the 2021 pick that the Suns ultimately gave up was the fact that this was going to be the draft where high school players could be, come straight from high school back into the NBA. So, yeah. you know, it's almost going to be like a double draft, whereas the 2020 yeah. draft isn't highly touted for the talent that's in there. The 2021 draft not only was going to have the one and dunners from this season, they're also going to have an you know an influx of high school talent coming in as well. So when the Suns first traded away that pick, um, in an effort to get Mikel Bridges, everybody was like, oh, well, how could you? You know, that, that, That's not a great pick to give up. Now, yeah. granted, that was the Miami pick that we got for Goran Dragic like years before, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone was kind of up in arms in it. I don't miss it at all because now it's not worth a shit. I mean, I wasn't over, I wasn't up in arms when it occurred because it got me Mikel Bridges. I liked Mikel Bridges coming out of the draft. The fact that we not only got DeAndre Ayton, then we got Mikel Bridges at the number 10 pick in the same draft was fantastic. It was like the anti 2006 draft or 16 draft where we got Bender and Chris. I'm like, hold on. We just got two really talented guys in. We didn't have Mm -hmm. to give up too much to get them. So I didn't think that it was, something that was necessarily needed moving forward. I didn't want to live on draft picks. I didn't want to have to sit there and be like, ooh, the, the Miami 2021 pick, that could be the one that makes or breaks the franchise. That's what you have that asset for is to move it. Yeah, and I, I will defend the Suns always with any move they make, whether it's bad or good. So at the time, it sucked. But really quick, just a quick question. Who would you rather have? Because I know that night we were kind of rooting for Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. we Remember, we were rooting, oh, maybe we can get him, save him for a year, he can come back. Yep. Would you rather have Porter Jr.? Or would you have who we have now, McKill? I think that you know me, and you know I like defense. And I like Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. He's going to be one of those great offensive stars if he stays healthy in years to come, in about six years, okay? Because it's generally when players start to hit their fifth or sixth year that they really start to develop, and that's when you know you start to see the Steph Curry's really you know mm-hmm. stepped into who he was. Uh, and I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to be an all-star in about five or six years. But also at the same time, like Mikel Bridges is going to be an all defensive player in five or six years. Yeah. He could be it next year. He could be at the following year. And I'm all for that. What about yourself? You can't lose with either one. The only thing with Michael Porter Jr. is I think he's kind of he he's shown it in press conferences where he's talking about, you know, they should have given me the ball more, I should have shot more, stuff like that. It's like, I don't want that on my team. Mikel is so humble just about his team, like getting everybody involved. And I I mean, you really can't lose with either guy, but yeah, definitely Mikel Bridges right now. Yeah. So a um, couple things I want to bring up in the chat. Uh, thank you for everyone who always joins us for the live streams. We truly appreciate it. Miss um, Angelina 211, they're both special when talking about Hero and Devin Booker. Completely agree. I mean, that's why we have to have these conversations at this point. I mean, the kid's a rookie and he's playing out of yeah. his mind, you know? Um, Jones doesn't want high school picks. Completely agree with that. Uh, here, here's a question I got to. I got to bring up as as we talk about uh, the NBA finals. Uh, This was brought up by Steve Holler. Thanks for always joining us via YouTube, Steve Holler. Does this series start to make a case for the Suns trading for either LaMelo or Ben Simmons and signing Wood? Got to match up size and and athleticism, essentially, with the Lakers. What do you think about that, Matthew? So you're saying if we get LaMelo ball, we got him in the lineup. He's taking over what Rubio is doing for the Suns, which is playing point guard. Uh, I don't know. That's tough, dude. Honestly, Ben Simmons, yes, of course. Sending Wood, yes, of course. LaMelo, I want LaMelo definitely, but I have a different plan for him where I want to play him at the three. But <laughs> honestly, <laughs> you you don't really have to worry too much about where, right now what's going on in the NBA Finals. You're seeing like a smaller team in the Miami Heat. They're, they're doing great. Right now, you have great players on the Suns. And honestly, D. 
DeAndre Ayton's like the perfect center. Uh, we just need a four. Uh, for the three, I wanted LaMelo to play there. And honestly, Booker at the two or three is great. But honestly, I don't know. I would love the Ben Simmons thing going forward, which who knows if he's going to get traded or not. But what do you think? Like out of those two, who would you rather have? I'd take Ben Simmons because, again, I like defense. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, the, the thing I got I to gotta tell you, Steve. Don't react to every NBA Finals and try to match it. Yeah, don't. Try to set your own path. That's too often the problem in this league. It becomes a copycat league, right? So you have, yes. for years, you have the Golden State Warriors just pouring in them with points to the point where the Rockets are like, listen, we're starting fucking P.J. Tucker at center, six foot seven. And then what's happening right now? Well, Anthony Davis and and Dwight Howard started at the four and the five in the NBA Finals tonight, and they're yeah. beating their and they're winning with size. Now, there's other reasons why they're winning. There's experience there. Uh, there's different levels of talent. Um, but you can't sit there and say, hey, you know what? I want this team to mirror this team uh -huh. in an effort to beat this team. No, the Suns have a very solid foundation right now. We got somebody who's going to be a fantastic center in the NBA. He's already, in my opinion, the top five center because the the uh, the position itself is so fluid nowadays. You have Dem Booker, who's won a premier score. You're throwing in, you know, Mikael Bridges, who's playing great defense. You got a, a top 10 potentially top 15 for sure uh, point guard and Ricky Rubio. So we have a really good foundation in our lineup. Now it's just a matter of trying to find what works best for us, how to make those pieces fit. I'd look more on the Miami side and say, Hey, look at what they did in an effort to uh, put themselves into the NBA finals because of the talent that they had and how they perfected that system. Exactly. They have the right attitude, but you want to know why the Lakers are winning. Um, they have two of the top three best players in the NBA right now. So that's basically it. Which that's Matthew's been saying winning. literally all season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, all right. The next thing I want to talk about is the jump man jerseys. Okay. So Matthew, did you see that uh, Twitter video that the Phoenix Suns put out on Monday insinuating yeah. a change from Nike to jump man? Did you see that? Yeah, that's that's older though. And they actually just added the logo onto the jerseys. Did you know that? I heard it was older because I was like, why are these guys already together making a commercial for the next season when maybe some of them might not be on the team? It's because it's an older commercial that they just edited. I've never seen it before in my life. Yeah, me neither. And I just all I know is when I first saw the video, I just, I saw the logo. It was the first thing yeah. that I saw. And I was like, oh yeah. shit. Sons <laughs> might finally have some new jerseys. Cause I know we've changed our jerseys like three times in the last seven years or whatever the hell it is. You know, we, we had the Steve Nash era ones and we went to those ones uh, with the three headed point guard monster that I didn't really like. And then we kind of went to what we did now and we're adding statement and addition and all these different kinds of jerseys, but I'm not a big fan of our jerseys. I've said that before. I've written that article on bright side of the sun. And it's like, Hey, would you prefer the suns bring back a throwback or just redesign, redesign our jerseys altogether? And I'm more, in the camp of, Hey, just let's just redesign our jerseys. I just think that there's so much more opportunity, especially given the uniqueness yeah. of our colors. And so when I first saw that, I got excited. I can't lie. I was super excited. Yeah. yeah. No, it was cool. It was definitely and, very cool. But then <laughs> as everything was kind of being revealed, it was like, ah, oh, shit. I, I didn't realize, you know, I haven't been paying too much attention. Speaking of oh, shit, the, Dodgers gave up a two-run home run. Fuck. Um, oh, we just <laughs> lost a bunch of listeners. <laughs> the two. The two that we have, they're gone. <laughs> Sorry, I am a Dodgers fan, and they are playing right now. Um, but seeing as the Suns haven't you know, done what I felt that they needed to do from a design standpoint, I was excited, right? And then yeah. I, re I realized that a week ago, the NBA had put out some statement saying that all teams will have 
uh, a statement edition jersey that has the Jumpman logo on it, which is a subsidiary of Nike. And I guess yeah. the question I have for you, Matthew, is should they? I mean, why not? I mean, does it does it help? Do you? I don't. <laughs> I don't understand this whole thing with the Jumpman thing. I really don't. You don't. I mean, I, no. I mean, like. It makes more sense because I know, like you talk about, sometimes the Michigan Wolverines, a football team, they have the Jumpman on their jerseys, but they're a football team, so which it I think really is funny. Sense. It's very funny, but I mean, I mean, is this really a big deal? I don't even really know what to think about it. I can honestly care less. Is that weird? I no, I mean I that's that, that that's fine, and that's why I wrote the article on Brightside. I said, do you care? Do you not care? Or, or do do you think they should keep the or they should be okay with the Jumpman? Should we not be okay with the Jumpman? Or who cares? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the basis of. Uh, of the article I put out there. And, you know, I think just kind of the basis of my argument is the fact that, uh, you know, we lost to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Everyone did though. Yeah. So, I mean, but there's, there's specific franchises who should kind of be hurt by that. You know, if, if you look at the results on, on bright side of the sun on, you know, what people thought, uh, I'm clicking it. It's not fucking working. Of course. There we go. 40% said, who cares? So I'm in the minority here. Um, but I just think it's weird to like look at like the Detroit Pistons, a team that yeah. like created the Jordan rules and did everything they can to beat Michael Jordan. Have to like wear jerseys with his logo on it. I just I don't know. I think it's no, yeah. I, I think it's odd. It, it's very I, strange, but I mean, he he beat every team in the NBA. I mean, a lot of people went through a lot, but he's more than just what the basketball player is now. He, I mean, he's a multi-billionaire. He can do whatever the hell he wants. I mean, pretty soon we'll all be wearing Jordan stuff. I feel like in the NBA before you, before too long, right? It just kind of makes sense. So I feel, I feel like this is just another step forward towards that, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I just, every time they wear those orange jerseys, I have to think of Michael Jordan now. And it'll always just take me back to 1993. Yeah. Now you, know, I think it that, you know, it does. You know? Yeah. No, it hurts you more than me just because, like, I was a little bit younger. So I don't remember that. So exactly. Honestly, no, you're, you're totally right. And I'm kind of missing the point. If if it did hurt me, I mean it's, it does because the sun's lost. But I wasn't really there. I was but you didn't four, feel it four or five years old at the time, so you know it, it's not a big deal to me. But for you, it makes sense. It makes sense for a lot of people for it to be very upsetting. So okay, my apologies. I'm on your side, buddy. Thank you. Like I just I just making sure I wasn't crazy. I'm like no, really. I'm, I, I mean. Like now, granted, you don't like the orange jerseys to begin with, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Every time they zoom in on the sun in the middle, what? it's like it's this big. It's like this it, tiny. It's tiny. <laughs> yeah, it is so tiny, dude. Littlest sun ever. Yeah, but I just no. And, I now, and now I don't like them because I always kind of like the jerseys. Now they have the little jump man. It's like every time I see the Suns play in those orange jerseys, I'll be like, oh, 93. Fuck, fuck you. You're like yeah. it just, it just, it's. Just re- redo the whole thing. I know we're getting a new court, new court design yes. to go with the new stadium, the new arena look and all that. So that's going to be awesome. So I'm sure they're going to have a new look for jerseys coming up. They did release something. Didn't they say something on Twitter saying like, be patient? Yes. Yes. So Some, something somebody is was coming. commenting uh, about the jerseys and there's like, and Suns responded, be patient. And I was like, okay, we know that they're going to uh, unveil a new court with the new arena renovation. Hopefully they yeah. bring a back. Do, do something with the jerseys. I'm just saying, like they they will. They're they're gonna be great. I feel like I feel like they're gonna I, be awesome. I, hope I got so. a good feeling, dude. I got a good feeling. I hope so. Well, speaking of jerseys, uh, the top selling jerseys in the NBA since the restart was released, and if yeah. you go through the top 15 most popular NBA jerseys, uh, LeBron James number one, Luca number two, Anthony Davis number three, Jason Tatum number four, which really. Uh, grinds my gears, uh, ticks yeah. my bombs, if you will. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, number five. Steph Curry, number six. Durant, number seven. It, the list goes on and on. No Phoenix Suns on there, even with no. the eight-no start. 
Is that our fault as Suns fans for not going out and buying jerseys? You know, I don't know because <laughs> I'm too broke right now to really buy a jersey, so I feel bad. I mean, maybe I'll ask my mom or someone to buy me a jersey for the Phoenix Suns just to get these numbers up there because Devin Booker, I feel like out of any player that didn't make the list, he deserves it, right? I feel like if you're rocking a Booker jersey, I feel like it would be pretty awesome, whether you're a Suns fan or not. Uh, maybe it's just a jersey look. So once we get those jersey redesigns and we get something cool to wear, then people might start buying his jerseys that aren't even Suns fans. Not uh, another reason why not to like the whole Jumpman thing is it's the NBA's way to try to get us to buy a new jersey. It's literally the yeah, same jersey, and they just throw a little Michael Jordan thing on there. So me, as somebody yeah. who's actually a Jordan fan, I like I wear Jordans. You know, you think I'd have an inkling to go buy Jordans now, and you know that there's going to be a ton of people who are like, "Hey, I'm going to go get that jersey because it has the Jordan Jumpman logo on it." Uh, it is disappointing that. <laughs> <laughs> that no, that the Suns didn't make it. I fault myself as a Suns because I I have a lot of jerseys. I have yeah. a ton of. I got a Nash up behind me. I got a Marion up behind me. I don't own a Booker jersey. And did you see the deals? Like the Suns were running as the bubble was getting ready to start. They were doing like fifty percent off all orange jerseys. Holy shit! It makes sense now. Yeah, they, it makes sense a, now, right? They did fifty one day. <laughs> they did fifty percent yeah. off all orange crushed jerseys or whatever the fuck they're called. The the statement edition jerseys. Mm-hmm. In an effort to move the inventory because they put the jump man cheese. I that's it. Just we figure right it out. <laughs> there was like one jersey. And I left. almost got a Booker one too. I almost got a Booker one. But you know, I'm not gonna ask your mom for a Booker jersey or anything. But you know what? My you birthday's know, honestly, coming up here pretty would, quick. If you asked her, she would definitely get you a birthday. <laughs> I know your right mom's away. like the best. <laughs> yeah, she would definitely. All right, she... hey, mom, keep it down in the kitchen, all right? <laughs> well, if you're in the chat, you know why we're talking about this. Uh, if you have Suns jerseys, tell us what your favorite jersey is. Matthew, what's your favorite jersey that you own? Right now? Oh, that's yeah. tough. Do I go do the Dak Prescott one? I'm just joking. No, I'm Ooh, not going to do gross. football at all. No, it's disgusting, right? No, my favorite one actually is the one hanging up behind me. That's not cardboard. Then, that's actually a real jersey, Steve Nash. During that era, I mean, those are both pretty ugly, uh, both colors, the white and the purple. But this one doesn't look too bad. There's just kind of a big stain on the front, so I can't wear it. So I fold it in half and mm. use it as a backdrop. But uh, that's definitely my favorite one. But besides that, dude, the one that I got, you actually got me for Christmas, was a Josh Jackson PHX, the one from last year. Two years ago. All, all black. Oh, two years ago. Yeah. All black. That was the best one. Uh, they stopped. After, it was only one season. One they had season. For the Those one were great season. jerseys, too, because they were jersey. black with the orange yeah. font. Yeah, and what's cool now is I actually made it into a reversible jersey where I have Sarge on the back. So instead of Josh Jackson, it says Sarge because number 20, that's my favorite jersey right now. And when they don't re-sign him as a restricted free agent, you're going to have to take that duct tape off and put whoever the new number 20 exactly, is on, right? Exactly, yep. Saves me a lot of money. I probably think my favorite Suns jersey is the one hanging behind me. It's a Steve Nash, but it's like the, the 1988 yes. Wild West purple. I really like those jerseys. Uh, I think they just look so clean. Uh, whenever they you see those in throwbacks, they're just beautiful looking jerseys. Uh, I think that you know Charles Barkley. I saw a picture of him wearing one once, and I just I fell in love with those jerseys. So, um, yeah, that's all I really perfect. got on jerseys. Uh, yeah, they're perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we're running out of topics, kind of in this uh, little mini off season going on. Yeah, but, uh, well, another thing we could talk about though, man, is is potential free agents. Ooh. You know, you're starting to see a lot of guys and uh, have rumors swirl around them. You're starting to see guys who are potential restricted free agents or guy or player option guys 
optioning out. And I think one of the biggest names that I didn't really think was going to happen was uh, from the Denver Nuggets. Jeremy Grant is somebody who's expected to opt out uh, and test free agency via Bleacher Report. He's somebody that we've definitely talked about in the past that we would like to target. What do you think the odds are of the Suns making a run at him? And is he somebody who has priced himself out of the market with his performance in the bubble? I would say he had to have priced himself out a little bit just because he was getting double teamed a lot. And once you're starting to get double teamed, really, that's kind of a notice for fans and for players and for teams that really just take notice of the player. <laughs> so, I mean, he was getting paid nine mil last year. So what what the hell is he going to get this year? I mean, his numbers aren't always too great, but he's just that hustle guy. He can take it to the rim. He can like finish monstrous dunks, monstrous dunks come out of nowhere and honestly he can hit the three he's only like 33 percent from three but honestly he can spread the floor more than you could think uh he's a great defender i think he's really good defense but honestly dude i don't know it's like it's a question of do i want him or do i want someone like uh harrell do i want harrell from the clippers like i feel like they're gonna get like the same amount of money so would i rather have like the backup center to come in and give us that positive energy like Harold does or else Jeremy Grant. Do I get Jeremy Grant? I'm not going to pay him, but do we get Jeremy Grant on this <laughs> you can't team? Buy Jersey paying, right now. You can't paying, pay <laughs> paying the same amount of money. I just, I I'm really iffy on this guy, but I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm actually a really big fan. I thought he did really great in the bubble, but everyone took notice. So he's going to get overpaid. What, what do you think? You want this guy on our team? I, I think he's a great player. I do like Jeremy Grant. It's tough after you know his performance to see if he'll end up being on the Phoenix Suns or if we even pursue him. And that's going to be the thing yeah. that I'm going to find really interesting as we go into uh, free agency, whenever that begins. We know that the draft is November 18th. I don't know when free agency is going to be. But when you start to hear the Suns' name linked to different free agents, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of traction occurs and if we have the opportunity to actually truly bring them here because it's really going to let you know a lot about our culture and what Monty Williams and James Jones have built. Have we built that culture that guys are gravitating to and saying, yeah, you know what? I do want to be a part of that. Yep. You know, Maybe I won't make $17 million a year. I'll make $15 million for two years with them, but it's gonna. I want to be part of something special. So that's what's going to be interesting when it comes to names like Jeremy Grant. He's somebody, mm-hmm. if I had to choose between mm-hmm. the Suns pursuing him or Montrez Harrell, I'm all for Montrez Harrell. I think he fits what we what we need better. I think we still have Kelly Oubre. We still have Mikel Bridges. We have long wings. You, I've said it before. You can never have too many wings in the NBA, but we don't have a backup potentially for uh, uh, for DeAndre Ayton at this point because Aaron Baines is gone. So I mean, we got we got to make a run at Harold versus exactly. going after Jeremy Grant, right? Yeah. So I mean, quick question: Would you rather have Grant or would you rather have Sarich be our backup for, for going into next year? Uh, Grant. Between the two, Grant. Okay. Grant, I love Sarge. I love his hustle. But if you want to go from pure talent and athleticism standpoint uh, in the modern NBA, I mean, Jeremy Grant's an easy, easy one. Yes, yes. Uh, Raymond Gonzalez says Christian Wood. There's a guy who's priced himself out of our market. I truly believe that. I think so, too. Oh, man, it's tough. I, 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 I mean, it'd be such a great I wish aspect. it wasn't the case. You know what I'm going to do every podcast is I'm going to love Christian Wood. And then the next one, I'm be like, no, I don't want that, dude. So <laughs> I'm going to be such a flip-flopper on that, dude. Because I feel like last time I was like... I don't remember what I said a week ago. So, anyways, who we got next? Isn't there someone else that's gonna that wants a trade? Well, yeah, you have Victor Oladipo. He wants a trade, but it won't be easy. And that comes from Hoops Habit. And that's where, you know, when you mentioned a little bit earlier talking about point book, Victor Oladipo is somebody who I would really like the Suns to pursue. 
if the price is right again, I mean, it depends on how much, how many assets you have to give up for him. Cause he is somebody who's coming off a pretty significant injury. Uh, the past two seasons, he's been really injured, but he's somebody who could play point and intermittently with book. He's a little bit smaller. He could run the point, uh, you know, for X amount of possessions and then it could flip to book and you can kind of have that. I wouldn't yeah. say J- James Harden, Russell Westbrook esque, but it'd be more of like a Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum kind of backcourt. So he's somebody who's definitely enticing to me. Having somebody like him or Bradley Beal on the Suns, uh, you know, uh, I was talking to somebody a couple days ago about Victor Oladipo, and they're like, "Yeah, classic Suns, go get another guy of the same position." I'm like, "No, nah, but y- you can do that in the NBA now. I, you don't need somebody who's defined as a point guard. If you have two fantastic scores like those guys." I think you it really excels your chances to win games, don't you? Yeah, no, you're definitely right. And the first thing I thought about with him wanting out of Indiana was like, why? Why would you want out of there? Is it Brogdon? I was thinking maybe he wants to take on the point guard role more. Maybe he wants to be the guy that facilitates. I mean, he's never really gotten over five assists per game. So when you're thinking about that, you're just like, okay, so he's going to play besides uh, point book maybe that's something's going to happen if we end up getting him but i'm gonna i just don't understand why he wants out of indiana but if he were to play on the suns i think you can play him the thing is i feel like if we ended up getting him and still had rubio just say that happened rubio would probably end up just coming off the bench right because i yeah, don't that's think that's an play expensive those three. guy coming off i the know bench, exactly man. man so it's just it's tough and like you're saying you can't really think too much about who's starting your starting lineup for size and all that in this today's NBA. You really can't. But honestly, if you have him coming in off the bench, Ricky Rubio coming off the bench and Oladipo, I don't know. It's 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 tough, dude, because my voice cracked a little bit right there, so I tried to ignore it. You got excited. It, God damn it. <laughs> I almost got through a whole pod without it happening. What? <laughs> so, um, what was I saying? Never mind. Victor Oladipo. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's yeah, why not? There we go. Next. Um, <laughs> no, I, I agree with what you're saying, though. I agree 110 yeah. percent with what you're saying. Um, God, I wish I wish that we disagreed more, but unfortunately, that's just kind of the way it goes. Uh, the last guy, you know, I'm not even going to talk about Aaron Gordon. Um, I mean, how Aaron, many times we got to talk about Aaron Gordon? Yeah, this the Orlando Magic uh, are trying to explore potential trades for Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac. Not going to happen. Uh, this is something that I think I saw on Bleacher Report. Uh, it's got to be wrong because Jonathan Isaac's going to be out for like a year. Poor guy with his knee injury. I know that sucks. I love that guy. I love. I do too, man. Him. I'm a big fan of his. And uh, yeah. and Eric Gordon, I like him too, but I don't know. I'm just tired of talking but about he, him. He's, I know, but he's just that player where it's like Orlando kind of wants to get rid of him. And then a lot of teams see like, okay, well, if you use him at this position, do this and that with his athleticism, all of that. It, what a great ad. But then the Orlando players, our Orlando fans are kind of like, yeah, just take him, get him out of here. Yeah. It's not working out. That's the way it is with him. But Isaac, honestly, if we were to trade nothing for him and then him come back later next season at the end of the season, I'm all for that because I think this guy is going to turn into something great. Not great, but you know, he'll be a good player. Yeah, you need, you need <laughs> I got to stop myself a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah, get, get away from the greatness and just stick with, yes. you know what? He'd be a good role player because that's what the Suns are really in need of. We need exactly. another superstar next to Devin Booker. Absolutely, but you have to continue to have role players around him. And that's what we have right now. And it's actually kind of working out for the Suns. So um, do you want to hit the, the our, our thoughts segment? Let's do it. Let's do it. Thoughts. Brains. Okay, I feel bad because this isn't technically my thought, but this is something that I saw on first take this morning. And uh, Stephen A. Smith was saying how LeBron's legacy will take a devastating hit if he loses to the Heat in the NBA Finals. Now, uh, the game just ended. They killed him, whatever. 
Uh, it looks like Bam Adebayo left with a shoulder injury and Goran left with a foot injury. Um, so that because so that could definitely hurt uh, the Heat's chances. But going back to uh, Stephen A's initial statement pertaining to LeBron's legacy taking a devastating hit if he loses to the Heat in the NBA Finals, what are your thoughts? I think he would just remain the same kind of player right now, just where he's right behind Michael Jordan. Honestly, if he doesn't win another Finals... No, listen, listen. If he doesn't win another finals, he'll be right behind Michael Jordan as one of the best players to ever play the game. If he wins this one and the next one, and then maybe gets another one later down the line where he's still in the when NBA he, in when 10 he's years. For, when he's 48. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, honestly, it, it's weird because I feel like once they win this, and this is how it happens with the Heat and all teams that have such a great run. An injury hits and another injury, and then the team just falls apart. And I was so worried about that happening, and it feels like this, this sounds, sounds like that's what's going to happen. Uh, but Poor Heat, but honestly, for LeBron, dude, I feel like it doesn't hurt it if he loses this series. If it goes to seven, they lose. I don't, I don't feel like it hurts. But honestly, when you got two of the top three players, to me, it, it would definitely take a drop. I honestly wouldn't think he would be any closer to Jordan at all. But if he wins this championship, do you think it makes him any closer to MJ at all? A little bit? No. Maybe? No. Oh, okay. Nope. I don't. I respect okay. LeBron. I always will. But he. We'll never catch MJ when it comes to, you know, the greatness uh, in quotations, kind of the goat, if you will. Uh, it does. And that's what's unfortunate for LeBron is as much effort as he puts in. It's many more as many championships as he could potentially still win in his career. He could win five more potentially. And maybe then yeah. when, you know, he's what, six and six in NBA finals or seven and six in total NBA finals, you'd have to go, OK, yeah, this guy is the greatest of all time. But the odds are so stacked against him. And then if you lose to a Miami team uh, and someone said in the chat, Lakers ain't losing. Yeah, they probably won't now that everybody's injured on the on the heat. But they have a, they're, they're just the better team. Matthew's been saying it all year. You know, they have two of the best three players in the NBA right now on yeah. the same team. And, and I think that's another reason why I think that uh, they're just not going to win. Yeah. You know, or, or, or I think that sorry, I like Bert there. <laughs> the no, beer, man. It's the beer. Nah. I was like, no, but, but I think it's one of the reasons that LeBron can never truly yeah. be one of the greatest of all time is because he's had to sit there, uh, you know, and, and try to put together these super teams around him. And granted, they get hurt and they get injured. And those, these are reasons why they end up losing because he can't carry, you know, it's him yes. plus two stars plus a lot of shitty players. Because when you have to play pay two stars as much as you do, guess what's left? A minimal payroll and a lot of, a lot of sh shitty players. So when Kevin Love hurts a shoulder and is out for an entire NBA Finals, when Kyrie Irving gets hurt and he's out in an entire NBA Finals, he yeah. has to literally put them on his back and try to win. And guess what? He can't. Whereas you look at Michael Jordan, he was on a team where he was the primary player who was being paid. Scottie Pippen was never getting paid the proper amount of money. Okay, so he lucked out in having Scotty next to him, but Scotty was drafted there. He didn't say, hey, come to Chicago, everybody. Everybody should come to Chicago. Help me win. Or he's like, I'm going to New York now. I'm going to L.A. now. Oh. You know, we, I, we're, oh no, we're doing this LeBron MJ does out of nowhere. We got caught in a tornado. Dude, doing what happens? But we're know, talking about LeBron's legacy, though, and is, I know that you're very pro LeBron because that's who you've grown up watching, and I'm somebody who grew up watching MJ, and it's like yeah. it's not even close to me. Like it's not even close. Like Bill Russell is more of a goat than LeBron. Look at his finals record. Look at what how he you know, and everyone will say sign of the times. He played against a bunch of white guys. This, that, the other. You know what? LeBron is a sign of his times. Uh, Jordan's a sign of his times. You know, I think yeah. what, what's the stats on Bill Russell? He went to like 11 finals. He won eight of them, you know, league six and league MVP. I mean, it's like, it's ridiculous and nobody even talks about it. It's always LeBron, 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 because he pushes that narrative. 
Yeah, definitely, dude. But uh, what's really weird that caught my eye this year is like LeBron kind of went through the opposite way of getting to the finals to where he, yeah, whatever, where he actually, <laughs> where actually he was, uh, he was playing in the West, playing the worst, playing the hardest teams, getting to the finals. And now he's playing like a simpler team where in before he used to go through the East, like nothing, like just like dust, just like kill them all. That's basically the way it was in the, in the, in the playoffs leading up to the finals and then playing the harder team. So it's kind of opposite, right? I just think that's kind of weird. That's just how it works in the West. You know, once you get through the West, you have an easier opponent. And I'm not saying the Heat are that easy, but come on, compared to a lot of the West teams, that they probably are, but they honestly, now they're getting injured, but they have that fight in them. I'm still not counting them out. Even if Drogic is out, even if Bam Adebayo comes back, it may be like game four. I'm not counting the Heat out at all no i'm not counting them out because i just think that they're a very well coached team and they're a, a they're a system team and they have three pointers uh, or guys who can shoot three pointers and i think that part of it was at least the first half of when i was watching the game before the blowout really started happening was the fact that these guys just weren't confident in their shot yet the moment's big for them yeah. for sure you know it might not be a full arena with fans yelling at you in la but it's the NBA Finals. There's a different logo on the court for the first time in three months when these guys are playing. So it's definitely different. When you look up at the screen, there's fucking President Barack Obama, you know, sitting next to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to Shaq. I mean, there's <laughs> the you you look around and awesome. yeah, the royalty that's watching you play. So it's a big moment. So I think that it, it might have got to him a little bit in game one. We'll see how the series goes. I love the NBA Finals for this reason. And I do think that's a valid question. If, if LeBron does lose this, it definitely takes it gives him a, yeah, another notch on reasons why he's not the GOAT. He, he's the guy who he can get to the Finals and he just can't get he can't get it done. He can't win. Yeah. And do and you know the reason they won night? Fucking Anthony Davis. Because the guy he recruited since he was 17 years old played like a fucking monster. And that's what they need for that, for that to occur consistently exactly well if he wins these next two championships he'll probably be the greatest of all time so yeah okay agree to disagree see there's something we've, we found to disagree on mm, always this all debate right yes yes we'll, we'll do the same one <laughs> next week uh yeah too easy because we just like to do it whenever we start agreeing too much we'll just have the lebron mj debate and then we'll just go at each other's throats because yep. you're wrong motherfucker <laughs> all right uh next segment is one of our favorites it's dumb trade of the week all right, we had two of these last week, um, so we decided to just do one last week and one this week. This is coming from Bleacher Report, and they say this is the best trade every NBA team can actually make this offseason. And they said this is the trade. Phoenix Suns acquire $17.2 million in trade exception and the number two pick in the 2020 draft from the Golden State Warriors for Kelly Oubre Jr. and the number 10 pick in the 2020 draft. So essentially what we're doing is we're shipping our number 10 pick and Kelly Oubre to yeah. the Golden State Warriors for the number two overall pick. Is this trade just dumb, Matthew? It's pretty dumb, dude. And honestly, the biggest thing for me is I don't want to see Kelly Oubre in the, on the Warriors team. Like, there's certain teams you don't want to see these players play on if we do trade them. Like, the Warriors, the Spurs, uh, some other team I hate. You know, it, that's just the way it is. That's the The basic. Lakers. The Lakers. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, no, for sure. If he played on the, oh, if we traded Kelly Oubre to the Lakers, that would suck, dude. Because I don't want to see him play on the Hell Lakers. Yeah. Like blowing kisses to us dude yeah that would be atrocious and he probably won a finals win the finals next year with lebron which is gonna happen if he goes to that team but i just i don't like this i hate this is actually a dumb trade because i know the last two i kind of agreed on but this one yeah. i'm gonna say it's a dumb trade i'm gonna stamp that one yes dumb trade of the week 
Boom. Stamped, signed, yep. approved by at Matthew Lissy on Twitter. Gotta love it. I completely agree. <laughs> Giving up our number 10 pick and Kelly Oubre Jr. for the number two overall pick makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Nice. And I can't believe that Bleach Report said that this is the best trade that the Suns can make this uh, offseason that we could actually make. Don't agree with it. Doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make any sense to give up our number 10 pick, which I think is a decent, don't get me wrong, it's a decent asset, but it's not something that I would like to trade up and get somebody for, I'd like to use it and package with maybe Kelly Oubre to get a veteran in here. James Jones is tired of these young guys, man. I think we all know that, okay? He's tired of the young guys. He wants to bring in guys who are, have some experience. And if they are drafted, they're, you know, third, three or four-year guys. I mean, Ty Jerome, Cam Johnson, both four-year guys. You know, one of them won a national championship. Uh, you have uh, Mikel Bridges, two-time national champion. So these are guys who know how to feel out big moments and win in those big moments. So I think that this is... Our official dumb trade of the week. Word. All right. You want to hit some mailbag there, Matthew? Yep. All right. Before we get out of here today, <laughs> we'll hit some mailbag. As always, Sons Jamsters, you can send us your uh, mailbag questions either via Twitter, via Facebook, or you can email us sunsjamsession at gmail.com, or you can visit sunsjamsession.com and fill out one of the forms there. So actually, one of our uh, loyal listeners sent us to this one via Facebook, and I thought this would be an uh, an interesting one to kind of discuss. Uh, it says, I know the podcast is close to starting this week, but please, uh, sometime, would you please discuss what y'all think will happen with a salary cap for next year or two with COVID. Will there be an uncapped year? Keep it at 2019 slash 20 levels or use the same formula previously used. Also, how could this potentially uh, affect free agency? Love the show. That is from Todd Jacobson. So Matthew, you want to try to tackle that one? Yeah. Are you related to Todd? I am not. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you were. (laughs) Um, His last name's Jacobson. My last name's Voida. Yeah, you never know, though. <laughs> but uh, honestly, this is a tough one just because you can see, um, you know, articles coming out about maybe losing 25 to 30 million this next upcoming offseason for teams. Honestly, I think what's going to happen is it's going to stay even. I think they're going to stay even this free agency to where next year they're going to make a lot of money because the new schedule where they're going to probably start playing the season right after Christmas, maybe New Year's Day that's going to help a lot with the revenue. And I think it's going to go up next, next year, but this upcoming year, I just think it's going to stay even. I don't think they really lost too much money, right? Just because they got right back at it. They didn't have any issues in the bubble. They're almost done. They almost played as many games as they did in the regular season, maybe short by what 15 or so. So that's pretty good. Um, But I just, I think it's going to stay even though. I mean, what do you think? This is just a little party handle. Yeah. Well, I'm not an accountant, so I can't, you know, sit there and tell you exactly what's going to occur. But I do know this. Before the uh, NBA Finals Game 1, uh, Adam Silver had the State of the League um, press conference and was discussed this a little bit. You know, Somebody asked about the salary cap, how it's going to affect, you know, kind of along the same lines as our listener Todd did. And essentially what uh, Adam Silver said is he said, listen, we're going to operate outside of the collective bar- bargaining agreement because if we were to operate within the confines of the collective bar- bargaining agreement, kind of across the board – the players and the salary cap would drop drastically because of revenue brought in by the league, fans being a major part of that. You look at the current uh, salary cap for this past season is $109 million per team, right? Uh, it was projected to be 117 next year. Uh, 
uh, previous year was 101 million. Previous year was 99. Previous year was 95. So it was kind. Of, it's kind of been going up in about three to five million dollar increments over the past four or five seasons. Uh, following that big TV deal that happened in 2016. Before that, the, the cap was 70 million. 16 and 17 it became 94 million. So that was huge. Uh, the rights to showing all the games, things of that nature. ESPN, TNT, uh, with Turner and everything. So they they jumped the the revenue sharing there. So I. Long story short, I kind of agree with you. I think that they're going to either cap it at what it's at. They have to cap it at what it's at right now. Yeah. Uh, because if you don't, if you operate within the confines of the collective bargaining agreement, you're going to have a, a third of the league that becomes free agents. And then teams that don't have the ability to provide those guys salaries. So essentially they'd get screwed. So you'd have people like Dario Sarge become a free agent and – he can't get signed anywhere because, you know, or at least an expected salary, we'd get him for $2 million. It would be chaos to the free agency system. So I think that what they'll do is they'll probably, and they'll announce these things probably a little bit after the draft is what uh, I think Adam Silver says they normally do. Um, he says it's probably just going to be status quo. They'll probably operate under the same salary cap. And I think that that's how it's going to affect next season. When, it, when, when you look, though, at potential free agents, it's going to affect a lot of the contracts, I feel. You're going to have guys who are going to come. They're going to sign one-year deals. You know, we talk about Jeremy Grant. We talk about Montrez Harrell. Those are guys we could probably bring in here, maybe get them for like $10 million a year. If they want to be a part of this organization, they might go, you know what? I'll go play in Phoenix $10 million one year because they want to wait until everything kind of sets the, – the market sets itself and has an opportunity to create growth again, and then they can get that in, that cash in, if you will. Does that make sense? No, it makes a lot of sense. And like honestly, if it wasn't one year, I feel like just these guys are just doing two year deals now. And I'm not I'm not just talking about like um Leo and Gio over in <laughs> over at the Clippers. But honestly, I think that the two year thing is just good because I mean the market's in I feel like after this year, it's gonna keep going up and up and up with the new schedule. So just take those little deals, guys. You're gonna get paid a lot more money down the line. Yep. Agreed, agreed, agreed. All right, we had a uh a question come in via Twitter. This is at to hop a Shilpa. He says, can Mikel Bridges become similar to Jimmy Buckets? Matthew? <laughs> uh, Answer the question. You know, uh, you know, honestly, I don't see, I don't really see that, dude. Um, so Mikel Bridges is a lot more lengthy. He's, uh, he's not as coordinated as what Jimmy Buckets is, and he doesn't have as good as a jump shot. I mean, maybe he can turn into someone like him, but he just is a totally different player than what I feel like Jimmy Butler is. Like, honestly, I mean, right at the bat, when you just look at the way they look, <laughs> like, how how are they any similar? Do you think they're any similar at all? Well, I think from a defensive standpoint, I mean, you look at Jimmy Butler early in his career, and he was a little more lengthy. You know, he definitely worked hard on his body to get it to be as physical as it is. But you hit the nail on the head, as you typically do. Yes. You are a carpenter, my friend. Uh, he he He's a lot more coordinated with the ball than Mikel Bridges is. I think Mikel Bridges is, again, the unicorn that we're trying to figure out an NBA comp for because we really can't. He's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. He has, you know, Pascal Siakam, or is it Jimmy Butler? Or is it, you know, we're trying to figure out, is it Sean Marion? You know, what is this guy that's on our team? And the answer is he's Mikael Bridges. He's somebody who can play really good defense. He's somebody who's really long and is starting to kind of sh understand that he's long. You see it when he takes the ball to the basket. He puts it up to lay the ball in. He's like, oh, shit, the, the defender's going for the block and missing it by six inches because I'm so long. So he's still trying to figure out who he is as an offensive player. When you look defensively, I can see that's perhaps where uh, at the hop eight show plus maybe looking, you know, Hey, this guy is a defensive player. Jimmy buckets is a good defensive, 
you know, wing. Perhaps that's where an NBA comp is. So I can I can see where he's coming from. I don't think that is what his NBA comp is because there is no true NBA comp to Mikel Bridges, man. He is just he's a fucking unicorn. You know his ceiling though, when you're thinking about it. I mean, he honestly he can be like the third team all all NBA. He can be the all defensive player of the year, all of that stuff. Where I think Jimmy Butler is kind of that guy. So yeah, when you bring it that way, but just what he's going to bring to the team, I think, is just so opposite. No one is Mikhail. No one's as long as Mikhail. If you see that dude's arms, like no one's the way he is. So it's just it's, that's why it just caught me off guard a little bit. But uh, good question. I feel like sometimes I have to agree with these people just to keep them around. But you know what? That that fan has been around for a while, so I'm not going to worry about it anymore. Yeah, no, he's a very <laughs> very loyal listener uh, and yeah. contributes regularly to the mailbag. So we truly appreciate it. You know, everyone who's listening, whether you're watching or you're listening, we truly appreciate you coming to spend a little bit of time, even in the off season. You love your sons as much as we do. You still want to talk about it. I mean, that's one of the reasons that Matthew and I do this podcast. We love our sons, man. We love talking sons. We love. Uh, trying to figure out what the fuck they're going to do. We like winning. We like, we hate losing. And uh, we're here to share all those emotions with you. Uh, Even if I burp when I talk for that, I'm sorry. And even if my voice cracks, just one, (laughs) one, one time a pod. That's what I keep into. Yeah. No, they keeps one crack a day. keeps Yeah. Twice. (laughs) It's gotta be your bowl. Right. Um, What else you got going on, Matthew? Oh, what I got going on as we wind down this episode of the sun's gem session. You know, I'm going to tell you, a story me. about me going to the dentist. So Ooh. I haven't been to the dentist in about, uh, I'm going to spill the beans. This is about how long it's been. Six or seven years. It's oh, been no six wonder your years. voice cracked. No, my, my teeth are perfect. <laughs> Nothing is wrong with them. We had x-rays. They're like, wow, your teeth are fantastic. Nothing. And I just got a cleaning. That's it. And I was so nervous to go. I'm like, they're going to find like four or five cavities. Nope, nothing. Perfect. So it had me thinking. I'm like, you know, when you just don't take your car into like the to the auto body shop, you take it in once. You're gonna go back at least every month or every month after that. That's the way it is. Same thing with a dentist. Don't go. Just stay away. <laughs> you won't have any issues. Just floss, floss, and brush your teeth. If anybody's still listening, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's that's what your I learned. Advice. That is my advice. Ooh, that's a good segment. What did you learn this week? That's I like that. Um, I don't have anything to add. I didn't learn anything. I, I learned <laughs> that you, learn went, you you went to the dentist. So I guess that's good. No. Uh, so no, yeah, John, what are you up to? What, what have you been up to for the past week? Oh, you won your fantasy uh, baseball league, right? The one I'm in. Thank you. Yes, I came in third yeah. in our big money league, and I oh, won the championship it. in the keeper league. So Jeez, all my year. fantasy, all, all my fantasy football is paid for, and I still made money on top of that too which is fantastic that's great and, and then in four fantasy football leagues i'm one of those guys i play a ton of fantasy football i'm in four leagues i'm one and two and one and three and oh in the others so it's been a good start do you know what's worse than going to the dentist oh and three start no, <laughs> no suck. Listen, listening to someone talk about their fantasy football ah, baseball fuck team. <laughs> Yeah, done got me good there. Yeah, nobody cares. This is where everybody logs off and they're like, Yeah, yep. we don't nobody cares about your fantasy success <laughs> or failures. How about I share my lineup with you? Check this out. I got Lamar Jackson oh, in the third. Start this week. I don't know. You know, <laughs> just wait. I can't wait for fantasy basketball to come back around because we're gonna do the Suns Jam yes. Sessions podcast listener league. 20 so team that, league. Yes, 20 team league. It's gonna be insane. Everybody's gonna we're all gonna take Suns, we're all gonna be screwed uh because I'm gonna be starting Elliot Kobo because I have to have a part of the Phoenix Suns. No, uh other than that. You know, just uh, just work, man. You know, t- tis the season. It's tomorrow's October. I mean, it is beautiful October. The best month the, of the, the year. The best month of the year, and there's multiple reasons. 
for it being the best month. One, in Arizona, we're the furthest away from 115 degrees as possible, which is fantastic. Uh, two, we have MLB playoffs are going on, which is great. Uh, three, football's going on, which is great. Four, this year, you have the NBA Finals, which is great. I mean, we're getting everything kind of all at once. It's almost an overload of sports uh, day in and day out. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Halloween is uh, an awesome holiday, although it's probably going to be very, very different this year. And then, of course, my birthday's in October. So if you guys want to buy me a Devin Booker jersey, I'm not opposed to it. Um, but that's all I got for this week. You got anything else, Matthew? No. All I got to say is go home and love your family. Amen. Take care, everybody. Have a nice day. <laughs>